0: Yo, so do you have a side hustle that you want to become full-time? If you do, this is an episode you should listen to. Coach Daniel Thompson, a guy whom I know personally, went from working 70-plus hours per week as a principal at a small private school And coaching three different teams to becoming a full time CEO, where the main product, the main entertainment, the value that he gives others is reviewing Hallmark movies. Now, of course, it's more nuanced than that, but I want you to gain insight into his process and get some nuggets into what your process can look like going from a side hustle to full time. And if you love it, which I'm sure you will, please review this episode please hit me up on ig let me know what you think about it what you learned from it so without further ado here is coach daniel thompson and i hope you enjoy this interview
1: I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark Christmas movies.
0: Hey, I'm Myson, and I have to watch Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? So, can I call you Dan? Can I call you Coach? Uh, what? What? How would you want you prefer?
1: So, true story. Uh, I hate the. I hate the term Dan. Um, it, it's. I've been Daniel my whole life, and I've been Coach my whole life. I've coached really since before I was an, an adult, and so. Coach is fine. Daniel's fine. The reason I'm called Dan on the podcast is more because uh, the two guys I do the podcast with know that it, they know that it bothers me, and so when we started the podcast, they they would always call me Dan when it when it bothered me. And so since my, my podcast persona is very much somebody who's cynical and sarcastic and kind of mean spirited, uh, that that's kind of Dan. But outside of that, don't call don't call me Dan. You can call me Daniel or Coach. Both of those work just fine.
0: Okay, and I, and how did you meet? Your two co-hosts.
1: Well, we actually used to work together, and for a brief time, they worked for me.
0: So I've I've been at
1: Shannon Forest uh, Christian School in Greenville. Um, I was there seven years, and in my seven years there, I coached the basketball team, uh, but also I was a teacher, and then I became the principal of the school. So for the last uh, three years, I was the principal. So we, we all taught at Shannon, and then I became principal, and they got and those guys worked for me, and then they they actually went on to do other things. But we we developed quite a friendship. To the point to where uh, you know when one of them said, "I got this idea about watching Hallmark movies and uh, and you, you should come on and just hate on them and to tell, tell us how terrible they are um, I said, all right sure I'll give it a shot and our, our chemistry was great and so so we did it but we met we met working together at school That's
0: like that. can you dig into more of the origin story did, did you all have to have this common dread of watching Hallmark movies with your wives or how did to- <laughs>
1: So, in all honesty, and I, and this is maybe some, more of a tidbit for the podcast than anything, but what I've realized through this this process is is that uh, even if you go viral overnight, the work has to be put in before them. So, uh, and let me try to explain what I mean by that. Uh, Daniel uh, Pandolf, who's another guy on the podcast, and then Brandon is the third guy. Uh, Daniel, Brandon, and I have been friends for years, and you know, we would always have to do dumb stuff for school, like whether or not it was, uh, you know, being the, the MCs of the dance for the school, or we would go to these uh, retreats in the mountains, and we had to do these dumb skits, or, or we had have to talk a lot in front of people, and so we had a lot of practice, uh, I guess, kind of interplaying with each other, finding out each other's rhythms, talking about each other, making fun of each other, and so when Brandon had this idea that was a viral idea, it would not have worked had we not, unknowingly, put in all the work beforehand. And so, you know, when we hit the ground running for this homework thing,
0: it wasn't a matter
1: of if we could find our rhythm or not. We, we had our rhythm. We had been doing it for seven years. The, 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 the only thing that was left to be seen was if people were gonna like it, and it turned out they, they loved it. But to, to answer your direct question, I, I'm the only one of the three that hates the movies. I'd actually never seen one before we started the podcast. I had no interest in them. I monitored in a film in college, and I actually used to write movie reviews of, you know, real movies that you would see in a the theater. Uh, and Brandon loved the movies and always watched them, and Daniel Pernoff had watched them with his wife. And so that was the idea. The idea is you get this this podcast about movies that are really designed more almost for females, but you got three dudes – We were coming at it from three very different perspectives, and I think that's why we kind of caught lightning in the bottom is because you're going to hear criticism about these movies in a way that they were never meant to be criticized. Uh, And so, yeah, I I think the the viral nature of the podcast happened because we had been preparing for seven years and we didn't even know
0: I thought about that too. I listened to a couple of episodes and I thought, you know, the content is good and especially the guests who write these books and who are like professional movie watchers. But if Mm -hmm. you guys didn't have the camaraderie that you have and just the personality that you have, it probably wouldn't pop like it is. Well,
1: and that's what sells it, man. You're totally right. We have found like in our research, whenever people see us interact together, whether it be on a team, we get to be on Good Morning America, we've been on some local stations. When people see us interact together, we get a, a very sharp, positive response in our numbers. And so that is kind of the secret of it all, is we, we just have a very natural, fun chemistry together. And we, we also just look very average. Like we just look like, you know, none of us are, you know, incredibly good looking or, or have any super big talent. We just, we always look guys that would be... Like, roped into to watch a home so it, it works out for sure. But I think that chemistry plays a huge part in that. I, I definitely think you hit the nail on the
0: head. Now, was did you got were you guys actively recording podcasts while you were a coach while you all were working at Shannon Ford? So,
1: so yeah, like coaching has been a big part of my life, basketball has. I've, um, when I was in. Early high school, I was recruited to play at at some small D1s, and then I got in a couple terrible accidents. I had like four surgeries on my left knee, and actually um, started coaching when I was in high school. Started coaching, um, I coached a 10 to 12 year old team at church. I helped the JV team out uh, when I was injured at at high school, uh, and then went to college one year and then found a a very small school in the university coaching job uh, when I was a sophomore in college. So, like, I've been and then I coached, you know, I'm 35, I started coaching when I was 20, and most years I coach multiple teams, so I've coached like 28 seasons of high school basketball, Um, and so that's a huge part of my life, it always has been, and so when this idea came up for this podcast, he said, I want to watch every single new Hallmark Christmas movie, there's going to be like 35 of them in November and December, I just said, dude, you're crazy, like I'm, I'm a principal, and I coach basketball, and I said, you have to all work around my schedule. And they said, well, what's your schedule? I said, here's the deal. We never have games on Wednesday nights. I can come over late on Wednesdays. We'd start at like 9.30, 10. So time for practice, time for family, time for the kids, and then go over to do this podcast. I said, and then I could do Sunday nights. Sunday nights at, uh, at 9.30, 10, after all the kids go to bed and everything, I usually don't have anything basketball on Sundays. So, Basically, these two guys agreed to it, and we, they worked the whole thing around my schedule, which is very, very kind of them, but also, like, I already had a 70-hour-a-week job, right? You know, so I'm principal, and then I'm coaching. The, I'm the head JV coach, I'm the head varsity coach, and I'm assistant girls coach. So 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. on a practice day, I'm at school. Uh, if it's a game day, then it's 7.30 a.m. to 10 or 11 at night. Um, and then I'm doing 40 movies, right? I'm doing 35 movies and, and I'm watching these and I, I, I kind of thought, you yeah, know, this won't take off and it won't be that big of a deal, but you know, it did, it did take off next thing you know, we're on Good Morning America or, you know, and all these magazines and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, they, they worked around my schedule. I did it all. Now we're, we're actually doing it full time now, but I, I don't know if I could ever replicate what I did last Christmas. I was exhausted by the end of it. It was, it was brutal.
0: So when did you – how long were you doing this, these 12-hour days, and then looking at these movies that you probably – you still don't like, that you despise, What oh, you say, oh. how long were you doing this until you had the epiphany that, oh, man, this actually could pop and this could be a big thing? So
1: that's a great question. I, I think that we always thought um, – you know, I, I think after the second preview episode, we thought, we've got something here. Uh, we, we're going to – this is going to be successful. Um We never thought of it as a full-time gig, ever. And still, when we get a little bit more in the business of that, I think the Christmas podcast by itself um, could be a full-time gig for a year or two, but long-term, I think it looks a little different. Um, We're in the middle of this in November December, and you know, we finished up uh, right around New Year's, and I just remember thinking, I'm just glad it's over. I don't know. Everybody already asked us to come back and do it again next year, and I just thought, I don't know how I'm going to do it next year. I just don't know how I'm going to. Want to pull that off i don't think it's really possible um and then you know we had a business manager uh who was a friend who didn't charge us anything which is really rare and he looked at us and gosh i don't know he probably said in january february just said you know if you guys really just went full time like if you just all quit your jobs and do this full time like you can really make some serious money uh and we all just kind of laughed because i mean i you know I have a master's degree in education. Like education is what I've done my whole life. So um, we laughed about that, didn't take it seriously. Um, yeah, you know, one thing leads to another, and next thing you know, it's you know it's May, and you've got a guy in town who's interested in kind of investing in the podcast and in what it means. And we all had to kind of had to look in the mirror and go, okay, this is a legit possibility. This is something that could actually happen. Is it something we want to do? Is it is it a, is it a leap we want to take? And if it is, then let's get our next year and let's go for it. And so, you know, it all happened really quickly. In May, we decided uh, that we were going to pursue it, and then we secured that money in June, and and here we are. We're we're about to kick off a pretty crazy year, in my opinion, and and we're going to make some pretty bold bold choices and see how they pan out, I guess. Um, So I would say we had an idea that we could do it, but never thought it was possible until probably a couple of months ago.
0: Wow. Okay. So January, you finished recording the first batch of episodes and you have a business manager who says you brought, you guys probably should do this full time and he is willing to invest. What did he see in it and what was his plan moving forward for you guys, uh, until you got to June, which is when you, it seems like you finished, you finally saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of things to clear
1: out. We actually did episodes, the first batch wasn't released in January. We finished in January. So like season one, now we released stuff all year long, but season one of the podcast was November and December. Um, so January was when we were done. We finished season one. We weren't sure if we'd ever do it again. And our business manager wasn't the guy who invested. He's the guy that said, hey, you could, you could do this. You could do this full time. The, the investor was a friend of a friend of ours who had heard about the podcast and just kind of called and said, hey, um, if I can get, if, you know, if you guys were able to make X amount of money um, uh, or if you sell to Hallmark, I want 10%. But for that 10%, I'll give you enough money to get this thing off the ground and pay yourself a salary. Um, that did not happen until May. And so the business manager, he, he was a, he's an entrepreneur himself. And so it was pretty natural for him to just, to go, Hey, you should do what I do, which is you should quit your nine to five. You should jump in the deep end and and you should grind and make it work. Uh, and without, he didn't have any consequence in saying that, like he had already done it. He had already been successful and done it himself. And so, you know, we, we kind of laughed at that. We kind of thought nobody's going to, this is not worth that kind of money, but um, it turned out it was. I mean, I, there's a lot of specifics we can get into numbers-wise that made that work out, but it turned out that it, there was actually quite a bit of money to be made in it, um, and it was just a matter of of making sure we all wanted it. I think that's the key. Is it not money doesn't do you any good if you don't if it's not something you want to do. I mean, I I've been in education for 15 years, and I've not done that to get rich. I've done it because I care about uh, the people involved, and it's, it's a passion of mine. And so if I was going to do this, I was going to have to be passionate about it. I was going to have to really want it. And so when we decided that's what we all wanted, uh, it made the decision pretty pretty easy.
0: And I want to I ask more about the, the passion, where you find it, and what keeps you going with it. But I want to get into the, the specifics about what this entrepreneur, this investor saw, and what you guys saw numbers-wise that made you so confident that it could work
1: okay all right um so when we start a couple things just stats wise on podcasts uh to help you out um the average listenership of a podcast is 141 downloads in a 30 day span of an episode so it, you know there there are almost a you know a billion podcasts out there i think there's 750,000 live podcasts and they're active right so an average podcast in 30 days, if they release an episode, in the following 30 days, they'll get 140 listens. That's what they'll get. Um, now, once you get over 2,000 listens in 30 days, uh, most uh, hosting platforms, if you do that consistently for three months, are willing to, to try to buy advertising dollars for you. Um, so uh, I think the top, let's see, I want to make sure I get this right. If you get 10,000 uh, listens, and they have to be measured. You can't use robots. Like they have an, actually an international measurement metric that they use for all podcasts to make sure that it's legit. And if you're not using that metric, then advertisers won't care. They want you to use this metric. It's called PodTrack, P-O-D-T-R-A-C. And so they have to be measurable listens. So if you have 10,000 in 30 days on an episode um, – then you're in the top three and a half percent of podcasts in the world, right? So now that top half percent of podcasts, now those are getting more over 10,000 a day. They're getting hundreds of thousands. But that top three and a half percent, once you're over 10,000 downloads and a 30-day span, um, c- it's enough to be considered a solid side hustle, if not a full-time job for one person. Um, so when we started the podcast, I was very skeptical. I said, a hundred people will never listen to this. And sure enough, our first couple of episodes, I think we were in the hundreds, which was better than average. We were, uh, and, I, and I thought, man, we're not doing any advertisement for this. And we got 250, 300 people listening. Um, we started to get some write-ups, uh, and, and by the time we got to November 1st, every episode was in the thousands. Uh, which was more than I ever thought possible. And I thought, huh, this may be something where we can make a few extra bucks. Well, we went on Good Morning America, and the day, the single day we went on Good Morning America, 30,000 people downloaded our podcast and listened. Um, And that was just the first day. So, like, um, for the rest of the Christmas season, November December, we averaged uh, roughly – Let's see, I want to make sure I get it right. We average roughly uh, eight to 9,000 people a day that were new downloads or listens per day in November and December to our podcast. Now, um, in, in the new year, we release one a year. Now, it's not Christmas season right now. We still release one new episode a week. On average, across all episodes and all platforms, Two to 3,000 people per day still listen to Deck the Hallmark. Um, and that's in the off season. So we finished that first season with no ads. We, we, we did two nonprofit organizations. We raised a bunch of money for two nonprofits. We never asked for a Don. Um, we did a fun little live show in our hometown, and uh, we sold it out, and it was awesome. Um, so when we finished it up, that was when our business manager said, hey, uh, if you had done these numbers with ads, you were in line for seventy-five dollars to $100,000 That's what you were lined for. With these numbers, just in two months, in two months, you'd have made seventy-five k to one hundred thousand if you put a thirty-second ad on every every twelve minutes of the podcast or whatever. It was pretty steep, and we were like, "Holy cow, that's crazy!" Well, part of us didn't think that it would be a thing. Still, we thought, you know. the, the people won't listen anymore after Good Morning America or what have you. And so we didn't pursue it. We just thought, hey, when we do season two, clearly we need to do a season two, then maybe we can get two-thirds of that number and we'll, we'll make, you know, we'll each put 10 or 15 grand in our pocket. And nobody's upset about that. I mean, you know, over the holidays, nobody's going to be mad about $10,000. Uh, so that was our initial plan. Well, we had, uh, as we saw the numbers continue through January, February, we're into March. We're well past Christmas, and still, every day, two thousand listeners are tuning in, and we're just like, okay, we got to get serious about this. So we we had five or six different podcast hosting platforms uh, we talked with um, about about signing with them to do ads, uh, and so. We ended up sticking with our current host platform. We we're on Boom as our platform, and we, we signed with them, and they were able to use our data because it was theirs already, and, and they gave us a good rate. And so it was at that point that we knew, even if we didn't go full-time, that we were allowed to make some, some pretty good money here. Um, the question was, how do you take those metrics, and how do you make money? A, how do you make money in the off-season? So how do you make money when it's not November, December? and then. And then B, like, uh, what does more time buy us? So if we have more time to put into the podcast, to say, look into digital media advertising or to look into a publicist or to do some live shows, what would that look like? And how would that, how would spending some money in turn make us more money? Because the reality is, is that most podcasts, you know, the, the, the big mantra in podcasting is, don't, don't give up until season three, right? So, you, you know, normally from season one to season two of your podcast, you'll grow, you'll double your numbers, right? And so if that just organically grew for us, if for some reason, instead of last year's numbers, you're making double those numbers, well, then it's a full-time job. Like for all three of us, it's a full-time job. If, if you're making, if in November or December, we're going to pull in $150,000 to $200,000, and that's, that's net. That's not gross. That's after everybody's paid. Um, if we are going to pull in that, then it, it, it makes a lot of sense for us to explore what else we can do with this and how we can capitalize off of the, the, the brand recognition and the personalities that we have. Um, and so that's kind of, it all snowballed from there. I mean, we saw that our numbers were consistent. I mean, I, I think it was just a matter of not being swindled by a company because we had a couple of companies that tried to just straight swindle us. Uh, we had lawyers that had to look through contracts to make sure um, it was agreeable, the terms were good, and so um, it was nice to know people, because we got to do all that for free, I mean, I had a buddy of mine was a business manager, and a buddy of mine that was a contract lawyer, and so, you know, we didn't pay for any of those services, which is, like, super fortunate for us, um, so it just kind of snowballed, and I, I know that was probably too long of an answer, but it just kind of snowballed as to what we were able to accomplish, and so now that we've we've kind of leapt into, into doing this full-time, it's a matter of thinking of we'll see if we can sustain it and make it something that just continues to grow.
0: Right. So you said a group organically and I have a list of questions, but the first one organically you have audio boom. It's on Apple podcasts. You have 4,000 Instagram followers, maybe more now, Twitter. How are you distributing the episodes?
1: So we, we have about 6,000 followers. I think once you on, on Instagram, I think through all the socials, we're over 10 grand. I, I think Facebook, you get an older demographic. Um, Uh, Insta is, is a little bit easier because there's a lot of ways to, to hook people in with Instagram and then Twitter is a very authentic, rabid fan base. So your, your Twitter fan base is going to be the one that you interact with the most, but it's going to be the fewest followers. Um, for us, we initially through audio boom, just had the, the, the podcast available on all podcasting platforms. So audio boom took care of that, but make sure you're available on iTunes, Google, um, and, and, and Stitcher and any of the Google platforms. Uh, once you reach a certain level, you're available on Spotify. I don't know what that level is. Uh, Brandon would be able to tell you, but we're available on Spotify now, which helps. But the reality is, is that um, the biggest thing that we did organically, and I would give Brandon all the credit on this, and he's the guy that loves the movies. When we started recording the episodes, he found all of these, uh, these groups, Facebook groups, Instagram, Twitter groups that were just Hallmark fans, Hallmark movie fans. And he would go in and he would post one thing and he would hashtag everybody, right? He would hashtag Hallmark channel, hashtag the Hallmarkies, which are fans of Hallmark. And he would go into these groups and he would just say, Hey, we've got this. Here it is. And so what we found about Hallmark is, is it's a very genuine community and the people that love Hallmark really love Hallmark. And so when they latched onto it, it pretty much shared itself. It it, it pretty much was a, Hey, this is something completely different. No, there are like maybe 12 Hallmark podcasts in the world. None of them feature all males and none of them feature uh, a a staunchly critical stance like a, a, like for, for played for laughs. And so all the other Hallmark podcasts were in the genre of TV and film and ours was in the genre of comedy. And so Basically, we realized we were we were a unicorn. We were the only one of our kind. And so, Brandon started getting in these groups and sharing. And the other thing Brandon did that was genius was he would Google search uh, Hallmark Christmas movies, and then he would click the news tab in Google, and he would look at the different sites that were writing already writing about Hallmark Christmas movies. So he would see that uh, Country Living and Southern Living and Pop Sugar and Oprah, Mag, they all had articles about Hallmark Christmas movies. So what did he do? He emailed all of those magazines. He emailed the author of those articles. And he said, hey, I've got this podcast. It's three dudes watching Hallmark movies. There's nothing like it. And sure enough, all of them responded back and said, hey, we want to do a story. Here. So it, it literally cost us $0. It was just a matter of Brandon thinking through, hey, he would not want to listen to this. And how would I reach them indirectly without without being annoyed? And and he he crushed it. I mean he did. I mean, next thing you know, and then here's the thing, one person does an article on us and it it, it does well, and so then others want to do country living did an article on us, and Southern Living owns Country Living, and they saw how well the article was doing, and they said so they took the article and they just ran it on Southern Living. So it it really like why so organic, like it, it wasn't even a ton of work on our part. It was Brandon really hits the, the, the sweet spots of, of where this thing could really bust out. And so what we found was that's where we got our base our audience base. But then we have a ton of people that listen to the podcast that don't watch the movies that just have this great Avenue of this is just funny. It's just a funny bit that these guys are doing. And, and I'm going to hear as much as I need about the movie in the podcast. And then I'm going to listen. And so it really, it grew to a level, I, just, I mean, honestly, none of us said it's not possible, but it, we did it just like it's, it's in, in hindsight, it's it's like common sense, but at the time, it was genius for him to do it that way.
0: Right, and so you have Brandon as this tech guy and this distribution manager who's emailing mm-hmm. all of these content sources and, and getting on these different outlets for you guys to have visibility and now you're the CEO too. What what makes you the CEO and why was it a unanimous decision if it was to make you the CEO in the face of the PR guy?
1: So I think there's a couple things. Uh, one, I'm the only one of the three of us that, that, is, a, that is an extrovert. Uh, of the three of us, um, the other two guys, I don't know how much they even want to talk about the podcast publicly. Um, they would do it, and it, it, obviously live shows, they do a great job, but I, naturally, my strength fly in speaking with people and in having face-to-face meetings, and, and that has been, been a part of my job for the last 15 years. And so um, Dean Pandolf, our third guy, he's a guy that is just a sponge. Like he's a researcher. Uh, he re, he's a voracious reader. And so his ability to kind of retain information that we desperately need is, is valuable to what we do. And then Brandon is a guy that's just not afraid to put things out there. I'm the guy that, 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 sells. That's what I do. I, I, am I'm, I'm just a natural, you know, salesman. I, I, that, that's where I feel comfortable. It's, I mean, when you're coaching basketball, you have to sell kids on what you're doing. You, you, you know, you, if, if kids don't buy in to what you're doing, then it's just a bunch of individual talent out there. So, um, that's, that's been my life teaching. And when you teach in a classroom, you have to sell kids, you know, kids aren't going to learn anything long-term unless they want to, unless they want that information. And so selling that information to them and selling, you know, your system basketball-wise to kids, those are two of the hardest sales in the world. If you can do that, you can sell anything. And so for me and for us, it was not really a matter of uh, I'm the guy. Like we don't really have the guy, so to speak. um, But as far as just being a face for our company, Uh, especially as we expand because we we want to expand in the areas that aren't homework, Um, especially as we expand, it was a very natural fit, I think for all three of us, for me to just be kind of the face of that expansion and of that company, um, which doesn't make me any more important. In fact, um, you know, if, if we, if we talked about getting this thing off the ground, it's pretty clear from my story. Brandon was the, you know, the workhorse there. But that, that was really the genesis of it. And it made sense. Nobody really fought that idea. I think you we were all on board. And our, I think that's why it works is our strengths and weaknesses are very different. Like I'm not a tech guy at all. And I'm not a guy that's going to sit in a room and read all day, but those things are just as needed as someone who's going to sit in a meeting to sell to an investor or a podcast.
0: Got it. And I was going to ask you, so you guys are full time now, correct?
1: We are. We are full time. If you can, I, I still can't believe it. Technically we won't get our first paycheck till July. Um, but we announced like three days ago that we're full time and I've, you know, I'm already, uh, you know, we've got a workspace downtown and we're, we're already at it full time. Yeah.
0: How's, how does it feel from this 12 hour days, which you loved, which you were adamant about yeah. you did a really good job with to doing this full time. What's that feeling like?
1: Well, I listened to your podcast. It may have been your last one where you talked about just jumping in and having a nine-to-five and only having 3 months savings and just going for it. And um, even though we, ha- we know that we have a runway money-wise for a year, like we have enough money to pay ourselves for a year, even if we fall flat on our face, which makes it a little different, it still feels weird to not have that built-in structure. You know what I mean? Like I, I am, uh, you know, for the last 15 years have had a definite structure in my life. And I'm not a super structured guy to begin with, so that's that's pretty important for me. And so to get up and to not have that in play, it it takes some getting used to. It It just does. There's 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 no way around it. And some of it's great because you can get a ton accomplished. Like man, I got to get these three emails done. I got to send an invoice. I got to be on a conference call, and you just you just knock it out. But the other part of that is is there's this temptation to go. Well, I mean, I've got all this free time, and if I work really hard, then I, I should be able to do, you know, I, I'm going to go over here and do this other thing instead. And the reality is, is that we're only going to get out of it as much work as we put into it. And so, um, there's a, you know, there's this natural inclination. I, it's, it really is important to us. We had a long meeting, and we knew this was going to happen. We, we had a meeting two or three weeks ago. It was like a three or five-hour meeting with the three of us, and we basically – kind of mapped out what the day-to-day workings of this business would look like. And so there are three very big months of the year for us. There's July, which is like a Christmas in July type thing. There's November and December. And so we we have to put everything on the calendar for those three months. But the, the rest of the year, we really wanted to map out, Hey, what are our day-to-day responsibilities? What are our working business hours? What does time off look like? Um, and so
0: a lot of that,
1: I think was, was spearheaded by me because I knew I needed it. I knew I needed that in my own life. So uh, the short answer is it's, it's still a work in progress because there are some days when I'm shooting emails off and, and doing stuff at night at night and there are other days where I don't touch it but for maybe an hour. So you're still trying to find that balance and July is going to be insane. We're, we have live shows in New York and LA. We have a live show in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going to be in uh, Wisconsin. So we're going to be in July. I think fifteen days out of the thirty, I'm not in South Carolina. Um, we're, we're all over the map, and so July is going to be nuts. I think the, the real challenge is going to be August when things settle down and we don't have anything pressing. In August, it's going to be hey, what is structurally like? What's the most important thing to make sure season two goes over like we wanted to go over? And so creating that structure has been the most difficult part, but. The easiest part has just been the freedom of it. It just feels it just feels really nice to, to feel like you're doing something that you love and, and with the people that you love. I mean, I hate these movies, but recording these podcasts and hanging out with these two guys, it never gets old. Like, we have an absolute blast. The people that we get to meet through this has been has been so much fun. We're going to get to travel around. I mean, we're, we're all taking our families out to Los Angeles, right? We had a live show in Los Angeles uh, like July 30th. And we're gonna take our families out there for a week. I mean, I got three-year-old twin boys, and to get to take them out to Hollywood and maybe go to Disneyland or, or, or sightsee. I mean, these are opportunities that I would not be afforded uh, if I didn't take this leap. So it's 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 been really rewarding, and, and I know structurally is where I'm going to have to put in the most time. And the,
0: the last question I have with that structure is one is one important thing. But you you guys ran the most dangerous one three one that I've seen in a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys had KPIs, you had key performance indicators, you've had probably rebounds, deflections, and I'm not sure what your schemes were, but structure is one. But what are the two other things you would say are like the main performance indicators that you need to make sure you're operating for you guys to thrive?
1: Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, it, I, I will tell you this from a, a basketball standpoint. Um uh, when we talked in our one, three, one and I've always been a guy that, that have, I've always been players over system. And I would tell that to any young coach, players over system, right? So, you know, if you're Coach K or when Bob Knight ran the motion and the man-to-man, when you're a big-time college coach that gets to recruit the players they want, uh, then you can run your system and players can get along. But when you're coaching at a private school, even a public school, and you're, you're dealt – the cards you're dealt, um, getting to know your players, building relationships with your players will help you get the most out of them. And then your system really has to cater to them; it has to. And so, I've always loved a one-three-one. But in my 15 years of coaching, the most we ever ran it was this year, and we had a lot of success. And it was a group that bought into that. And you're right; we, weak side rebounding and, and deflections were two big things. And then, how many times did we not limit options in a one-three-one? You, you. Uh, you need to limit the ball handler's options. So if you're, if you're playing on shoulder parallel and you're not taking away one side and you're not limiting options, you're going to get carved up. Now I know the question was more about business, but I get, I wanted to talk a little basketball. Um, for us in the, in the podcast world, um, I think a lot, a lot of our indicators are, are, are on social media. So we definitely have a structure. I think that's a very important performance indicator, but um most of these like Twitter Instagram Facebook if you have a business page on there they will give you a ton of data back uh, Facebook will give you a ton of data and so we can see key de- like what, what we do is very important to our key demographics and, and, and how we can better in- input it so um, that a lot of that has to do with consistency so we sat down two months ago and we decided that once a week we were going to go live to our our Patreon community, which is a paid patrons a paid. So you, you pay monthly for extra content. So we decided once a week, two months ago that these people are paying us monthly for extra content. And so what they want is to interact with us personally. And so sure enough, at least once a week, uh started all the way back in April. Um, we would go live to the Patreon. That could have been as simple as, Hey, I'm in my office. I'm on my lunch break. You guys have any questions or uh, it could be Brandon, who happened to break out some Christmas ornaments and go through them, or, or whatever it is. But the, the consistency of, of pre, like, more important than structure, in my opinion, is presence, right? Mm-hmm. Just being present with, with your business or with the people, with your clientele or your constituents or whatever that, that may be. I mean, and that's true. Look, I was a principal. Like, I'm a basketball coach. I can't stand soccer. I don't understand how people watch it. Like I don't, man. Like we're going to run around for 90 minutes for one to nothing. Like I don't understand it. But I knew that there were kids in that school who loved soccer and me being present at a soccer game, spoke volumes and, and and built capital way better than anything I could have said to them or done for them during the school day. And so the, the idea of presence is important. Like, There is no replacement for being present. And so for for us in this podcast, a very key performance indicator is how much are we present with with those who are bought in and who are are listening to us and want content from us. So, you know, being present, being structured, and and, and being consistent with that, I think those are very important for us uh, as we move forward. And I think that's going to be incredibly integral to us being successful long term.
0: So in in closing here, do you have any advice or tips to those coaches who probably are in that phase where you were with the 12 hour work days recording, watching these videos that you don't want to watch, recording these podcast episodes that you're unsure will even be of any kind of value in the future or in the present. What kind of advice would you have to a guy or a girl in that situation right now who has a side a yeah. passion or a side hustle?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, You know, a lot of people when we were doing this who had done podcasts, we we talked to a lot of successful podcasters who said, hey, it took us three, four years before anybody noticed our podcast, and now they're making a ton of money doing it. Um, So I I think the the question you have to continue to ask is, is is, is this something you really want? Um, You know, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton, he always says, uh, their pace is not your pace. Their pace is not your pace. And um, that's very valuable information, right? Like, I'm a fast processor. I like to chop my day full of stuff. Other people need to wind down in the evenings. They need an hour to wake up in the morning. Everybody's pace is different. There is not a right or wrong pace. And so if you want something, if you really want it, and it's a dream and a passion of yours, um, you have to understand that the pace in which that is accomplished should not be measured against another pace. It can't be. That's not fair. It's not fair to what you're capable of, and it's not fair to the person with which you're comparing it to. Um, if, you want it, if you want it bad enough and you're willing to grind and, and, and get it done, then you need to understand that you need to work as, as hard as you can for as long as you can on your pace. I think what screws people up is they go, man, I really want this, and I see this, this guy over here, has been successful, so I'm going to do things like they do them, and I'm going to I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to go really really fast, and I'm going to get everything I've done at once. When the reality is, is that if you're if you're somebody who's a, a lot more intentional and a lot more introverted, you probably need to narrow your focus. You probably need to become more um, consistent with the the very specific things that are in front of you at that moment. And so, understanding that. Um, you can, you can get talked out of a lot of great things by comparing yourself to others. And so learning what your pace is, learning how you operate best, and then sticking to that pace instead of comparing it to someone else's is probably the most valuable piece of information that I could pass on. And so question to see if you want it. If this is, not, if this is something you'd like to have, you don't really want it, then, you, then prior, like from a priority standpoint, You've got family, you've got kids, you've got work, you've got other things that are more important. But if this is your dream, if this is something you want to do, then grind at it and do it at your pace and don't compare yourself to others in, in that regard.
0: For those who celebrate Christmas in July and those who have significant others who watch Hallmark in November and December, I'm sure they're going to tune in after this episode. I really appreciate you, Coach. And where can they find uh, more information about Deck the Hallmark and any other thing you guys have going on?
1: You can find us everywhere, man. I appreciate you asking. It's been a blast to be on here. Uh, our Twitter handle, Instagram handle is at Hallmark Podcast. Uh, I can't believe that we got that and it wasn't taken. You can go to deckthehallmark.com. If you're in L.A., New York, Wisconsin, or Raleigh, North Carolina, there are tickets that you can buy for our live shows. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere. If you just Google Deck the Hallmark or just Hallmark Podcast, um, there are 80, 90 episodes that you can listen to at your leisure, um, and, and you can check us out in any of those forms or fashion.
0: Coach, I appreciate that, man. Best of luck to you. Thanks, and I
1: appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me.